uh, start off with Luke chapter 24. This is a resurrected Lord Jesus. I'll read uh, verses 45 to 47 in Luke 24. Then he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Jesus opened the understanding of the disciples so that they could understand the scriptures or understand the Bible. Then he said to them, this, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Verse 46, I'll start that again. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ, and that's the Lord Jesus, the key person in the Bible, is the Lord Jesus. And uh, one thing that was told me many, many years ago, I was taking a course at Moody, and uh, the guy said, when you're reading the Old Testament, look for Jesus. Look for Jesus. And uh, so I I thought I'd look at a couple of verses right there in Luke when uh, the two guys were walking on the road to Emmaus, and uh, they were downhearted, they were sad, because they didn't believe the scriptures, basically. They had heard that Jesus had risen from the dead, but they didn't believe it. And Jesus speaks to them in verse 25. says, Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe, in all the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? That's a pattern that's throughout the scriptures. Suffer first and then glory. That's First Peter, if you look at First Peter, and then also all the prophecies in the Old Testament are talking about Jesus suffering and Jesus being glorified. And that's sometimes the prophets didn't quite understand all that. But And he says, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. That would have been amazing to walk along with the Lord Jesus and have him open the scriptures and share all through the Old Testament the things concerning himself. And then later when he appears to the 12, he ate with them and they touched him. And down in verse 44, it says, Then he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, and the prophets and the psalms concerning me. That's an expression when you talk about the law of Moses, the prophets, and the psalms. He's talking about the whole Old Testament, what he's talking about. And uh, all these things concerning Christ had to be fulfilled. And uh, so I want to show just a few of them. Uh, We'd be here for a couple of days if I went through all of them. But Genesis chapter 3 Verse 15, this is after Eve had eaten of the, Adam and Eve both had eaten of the forbidden fruit, and their eyes were opened, and uh, they knew they were naked, and they were ashamed, and they were afraid, and they hid, and then God is speaking in verse 14, he's speaking to the serpent. Now, the Bible tells us in Revelation that old serpent is the devil, Satan, so we know who it is. Um, So in verse 14, he says, So the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you're cursed more than all the cattle 
and more than every beast of the field, on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. This her seed is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel, is a prophecy concerning Christ and the cross, and uh, his heel was bruised, and uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of Satan, and won the victory, and he came out victorious. And then, uh, so that's the Lord Jesus in Genesis 3. Look over in chapter 22. The background of this chapter is where God asked Abraham to offer his son Isaac on the altar, and the Lord provided a lamb, Or, and I'll start reading. Verse 16, this is after it happened, and it said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies in your seed, same seed as, as the seed of the woman, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And that seed in Galatians 3.16 is the Lord Jesus Christ. So as you find the Lord Jesus here, it's a promise here. The seed of Abraham, through that seed, all the nations of the earth sh- shall be blessed. It also, uh, in Chapter 26, it's talking to Isaac, and he gives this exact same promise to Isaac. And he's, in your seed, in your descendant, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So, did it change? Good, good. <laughs> and then, in, that's in chapter 26. Chapter 28 is talking to Jacob. So, you got Abraham, and then his son Isaac, and then his son Jacob. And in 28:14 it says, "And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed." So that the Lord Jesus came through Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. And then look over in chapter 49 when he's talking to the 12 sons. Jacob is talking to his 12 sons and he's uh, kind of giving them their future, kind of a blessing upon some of them. And he goes through the 12 sons. But he comes in verse 8 to Judah. First four sons is Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. But Judah, in verse 8, he says, And Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. The word Judah means praise. All of his brothers were going to praise the tribe of Judah. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. They're going to bow down before the seed of Judah. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey. My son, you have gone up. He bows down. He lies down as a lion, as a lion who shall rouse him. And it's an amazing thing. In in Revelation, he's called the lion of the tribe of what? Judah. Lion of the tribe of Judah. And then In verse 10, it says, A scepter shall not depart from Judah. The scepter is a symbol of a king, kingship, 
Uh, the scepter was like a fancy cane that the king had, and it showed authority. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. The Lord Jesus is going to be king of kings and coming from the tribe of Judah. And nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, to whom shall be the obedience of the people. Most people consider that Shiloh come as when the Lord Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom. So you have here, he's a son of Jacob, and he's a son of Judah. So we know which tribe the Lord Jesus is going to come from. He's going to come from the tribe of Judah, and he's going to be the lion of the tribe of Judah. Deuteronomy chapter 18. I'll start in verse, I have 14 there, but 15 really. The Lord your God will raise up before you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren like you shall hear. Uh, like your brethren, him you shall hear. So this is Moses talking, and he says uh, God is going to raise up a prophet like him. And he goes on, he says, according to all you desire to the Lord your God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest I die. And the Lord said to me, this is what God said to Moses, what have they spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. It shall be that whoever will hear my words, which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. So this prophet talks about the prophet. That's the Lord Jesus. And Moses gives this promise Look in Second Samuel, please, chapter 7. These are all familiar things to a lot of you. Verses 12 to 16, this is God speaking to David. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you for my name and I will body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever I will be his father, he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. Some of these prophecies here Speak of Solomon, talks about sinning and stuff like that. But uh, the talks about the house and the kingdom will be established forever. It's talking about the Lord Jesus. He's a descendant. He's a seed, a descendant of David. And, uh, of course, the New Testament starts off with these words in Matthew chapter 1, very familiar verses. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David the son of Abraham. So whenever you see that, you find the Lord Jesus there. And then uh, I saw 47 verses that refer to the Lord Jesus. I'm not going to give you all those, but uh, in the Old Testament there. Okay, they back in Luke chapter 24, verse 45, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ, 
the main person in all the Bible is the Lord Jesus Christ. Thing to look for when you want to understand the scriptures, look for Christ. And to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. So the key event in all the Bible is the cross. And if you look for the cross all through the Bible, you'll find that it'll open up the scriptures to you. And uh, I'm not going to hit on a lot of them, but I'll hit on a few. In uh, Genesis 3.15, we saw that where he was going to crush Satan's head at the cross. And then every blood sacrifice in the Old Testament, every blood sacrifice in the Old Testament is pointing to the cross, pointing to the cross. Now, when I speak about the cross, I'm talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Uh, Paul said, I preach Christ crucified. And the preaching of the cross is talking about the death, burial, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I thought I'd just touch on a few here from the Old Testament. Betrayal. The Old Testament includes Psalms that foretell the betrayal of Jesus. Psalm 41.9 says, Even my close friend, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread, has turned against me. That's written concerning Judas. And then the next one is 30 pieces of silver. The Old Testament includes a passage that Christians interpret to foretell the price of the betrayal of Jesus. I told them, if you think it is best, give me my pay, but if not, keep it. So they paid me 30 pieces of silver. That's Zechariah eleven twelve. These are all tied in with the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The next one is uh, pierced his hands and feet. Psalm 22 in the Old Testament interpreted to foretell Jesus being nailed to the cross. Verse 16 of Psalm 22 says, Dogs surrounded me, a pack of villains encircled me. They pierced my hands and my feet. And his clothes were divided. Psalm 22 also, verse 18, Psalm 22 also is interpreted to foretell that Jesus' clothes would be divided they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. Psalm twenty-two, eighteen. Then uh, a rich man's tomb, the prophecy of the suffering servant in the Old Testament is said to refer to Jesus being buried in a rich man's tomb. Isaiah 53, 9 says he was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. You see the purity of the Lord Jesus there, but he was buried with the rich in his death. And you get into the New Testament, you find he was buried in the tomb of Joseph, a very rich man, and a tomb that had never been used. And uh, he put the Lord Jesus in there. And then his resurrection predicted. This is quoted in Acts chapter 2 when Peter's preaching the gospel there at the day of Pentecost. Psalm 1610, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. And there's a, there's a reference to David. David saw corruption, but the Lord Jesus didn't. And the Lord Jesus was raised from the dead. Back to Luke chapter 24. And he opened their understanding they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. That was the key event in all the Bible, was the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it goes on to say, 
and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And the key command, I believe, in all the Bible is take the gospel to all people. Take the gospel to all people. The Lord Jesus emphasized this, and uh, so I thought I'd... um, One thought is there where he mentioned Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Through your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. The whole world is going to be blessed through the seed of Abraham, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. So all nations of the earth shall be blessed. That's very clear that God is concerned about all the nations. Um, We could look at Psalm 67 for a moment. I call this kind of like the the go ye psalm in Psalm 67 says, God be merciful to us and bless us, cause his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The only way you're ever going to let them know how they can praise the Lord is you got to take the gospel. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations on earth. Selah. Just think about that. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. And all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Amazing. As you look through the Old Testament, God does emphasize the Jew. He emphasizes Israel. But that's his way of knowing that the, the Christ is going to come through the Jewish people. And he does use the Jew in that way. And uh, But God is concerned about the whole world, and in his seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. I wrote a couple of verses here. Psalm Isaiah 42, 6 says, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness You'll hold and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles. Now, the people are the Jews, but he's also going to be a light to the Gentiles. Light to the Gentiles. Many times you read the Gentiles as enemies, you know, of Israel. But God, the Lord, is going to be a light to the Gentiles. And Malachi 1.11 says, From the rising of the sun... Even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place, incense shall be offered to my name, and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the nations, says the Lord of hosts. Every place, his name is going to be great. So the key command is take the gospel to all. In First Chronicles sixteen twenty four, this is right in the middle of the scriptures concerning the Jew. And it says this, declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all peoples. God is concerned about the whole world. And then Daniel 7, 13 and 14, which my brother read this morning, says, I was watching in a night vision and behold, one like the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. This is the Lord Jesus coming to God the Father And verse 14, then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. 
His dominion is an everlasting kingdom which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. You see, it's all peoples. I think of, I went to a Bible school that really emphasized taking the gospel to everyone. And I can remember the guy who was president of Bible school, his name was Dr. Perkins. And he says, the last chapter of Matthew, the last chapter of Mark, the last chapter of Luke, and the second to last chapter of John and Acts, the first chapter is the great command, the great command. And he put a real strong emphasis on that. <laughs> I heard that probably a thousand times while I was in Bible school. Kind of stuck. Anyway, let's look at that. Matthew 28. Now, this is the Lord Jesus, resurrected Lord Jesus. He's giving us a command. It's for you. It's for me. The church. It's our command. I'll, I'll read in verse 28, 18. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Because he's got all the authority, all the authority, he gives us a command. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So we take the gospel, but he's with us. We don't have to worry about that. Uh, the next one is Mark sixteen fifteen. Resurrected Lord Jesus, ready to go back to heaven. This is probably one of the most familiar verses. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. See, they got to hear. The tribe I went into in first time I went in there was in 1980. They'd heard about the name of Jesus, but they never heard the gospel. There wasn't one believer among all that whole language group. The Bible says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or hearing by the word of Christ. But today they have a New Testament in their language. There's uh, probably a couple hundred believers. They have elders in their church that do all the preaching because they heard the gospel. They heard the gospel. Luke chapter 24, I've read you that one several times, but let's go to John 20, 21. This is a resurrected Lord Jesus giving us a command, the major command, I believe, that was on the heart of the Lord Jesus before he left this whole earth. John 20, 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. Every time he appears to the apostles in his resurrected body, he says, peace is the prince of peace. He says, as, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. As the Father sent me, I also send you. God sent him to this earth to lay down his life for all of our sin. He became our great substitute, and he died for us. He suffered and rose again the third day. And he says, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Then Acts chapter 1 couple pages. This is the Lord Jesus. It's the last words the Lord Jesus spoke on this earth. The very last words he spoke on this earth. I'll start in verse 6. Just, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea 
and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, when he had spoken these things, he was taken up. The very last words of the Lord Jesus. That's his last request. My idea on this, I I think that every believer ought to try to memorize those five verses. Matthew 28, Mark 16, Luke 24, John 20, and Acts chapter 1. Because those are your marching orders. If you get your marching orders straight, it might help you to kind of, what should I concentrate in my life? You know, you may be any occupation the Lord leads you into. But primarily, we're witnesses here on this earth to reach the world for Christ. That's our main purpose in life. There's no no other thing. There's all kinds of things the Lord can, uh, the devil will try to get get you off on all kinds of other avenues, you know. Other avenues that might sound good, be good. But I, I believe that when we stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, he's going to ask us, what did you do? with my last command. Think about that, because we will all stand before the Lord, and um, it's kind of a neat thing to do, is, is to memorize those five scriptures. It's like, what are my marching orders? What's the Lord want me to do? And then you memorize those five scriptures, and then review them. If you're like me, you can memorize them and forget them. Go ye therefore and disciple all nations. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Thus it is written, Thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And the repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And then Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and unto the uttermost part. And when he had spoken these words, he was taken up. So I find myself in this world we're living in, all the crazy things going on, that I can get my mind off of my command. I can get all worried about politics and what's going on in this crazy country of ours and, you know, what's this? And I get all shook up and and I forget my marching orders. I forget what in the world God left me here for. But God wants you to be a witness and be involved in the greatest job in all the world. Um, just, just a couple of months ago, my son-in-law had... Uh, it's a New Testament in the Tugutil tribe. It's a tribe out in Indonesia on the island of Halmahera. took over 20 years. This has got about 30% of the Old Testament, complete New Testament. took over 20 years to get it done because they were actually out of the tribe for about eight or nine years when there was war broke out, 1999 to 2006 or seven before they were able to actually get back in the tribe. But uh, so this is... Uh, Tremendous. They got this printed, and my son-in-law, Bob, wanted to go out for the dedication, but he couldn't. They wouldn't allow him in the country because of COVID. The only ones they allow in the country was the ones with a permanent visa, which Bob used to have, but he lost it. A permanent visa or a resident. Uh, They're the only ones allowed in the country. And then even when you do go in, like my son went in last year, he had to spend eight days in a hotel. Couldn't go out of the room. They brought his meals to him, and uh, it was kind of a small hotel room. And he said that him and his wife were in there alone and uh, never saw anybody. They just brought food to him and, you know, opened the door and put it through there. And uh, they would eat and couldn't leave the room because they were under quarantine. But my son wanted to get back to the tribe he's working in, and they're just starting to translate the scriptures now. 
some of you like to see this. It says, Firman tuan di dalam bahasa Tabelot Boeing means the word of God in the language of Tabelo Boeing. And uh, I'll tell you what, um, this language is far harder than the one I had. The one I had, any language is hard. For me, it was. Uh, but this one, they have a little root word, and then they have a prefix and suffix, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It gets like 25, 30 letters to one word, and it means a whole sentence. And uh, I went in and visited this tribe. I was a tribal coordinator back in the 80s. And uh, boy, I had a hard time even to remember how to say hello. <laughs> it was really hard language, boy. Uh, and I thank God that that uh, my son-in-law went to this tribe and I went to Garai. Because <laughs> uh, Garai was hard enough for me. I'll tell you what. Give you a... Uh, Here's uh, John 3.16, Garai. Go ugasmo siam kase alak and mencio de denio tua manko diniosen yang tunga sopai sopai percaya kananat sente noyolosi nayam malan nomu kuiduk yang chumberdu mati. That's for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So I studied that language about four years before we even started to teach. The hardest uh, years of my life. I got home my first furlough. They said, well, what'd you do? Studied language. <laughs> That's what I did for four years. I studied Indonesian language for a year. And then three years, I studied a tribal language. And uh, we hadn't even started teaching second term. The Gorings, Larry and Jill Goring, she's a daughter of Bartlett, Vernon Joyce Bartlett. They together translated the scriptures and dedicated it and the scriptures in 1997. So in my family, uh, we've had two New Testaments done. There's churches in all three places, three different languages. There's elders in all three places. I thank God the greatest privilege I ever had in my life. Take the gospel, those that never heard, to see you. So how to understand the Bible? Look for these three things. The key person, Jesus. The key event, the cross. The key command, Take the gospel to all people. Tell you what, you look for those three things in the Bible, it'll really help you understand. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you. I love you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.